The Wine Guy. That's what my next guest has been known for as long as I've known him. For those who aren't regularly exposed to him, it usually goes something like this. Mark said I should try this wine. Mark? Who's Mark? You know, Mark, the wine guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark Duggan has been popping corks and studying wine for over 40 years, and he knows his stuff. Mark can tell you things about wine that you never knew you didn't know. A chat with Mark about wine will take you on a tour of the world, discovering the magic and mystery of wine. Of course, I'm a whiskey guy who hasn't developed a taste for wine, so I, lo I know little to nothing about wine. But I'm about to. I'm on the way to Distill to pick up Mark for our drive out to Wines of the San Juan, our most well-known local winery, whose annual harvest festival takes place at the end of September. My only regret is that I'm driving, so we won't be able to stay and partake of a few glasses of the elixir of the gods, as Mark puts it. But we'll stop in and see how the Arnolds are doing with their harvest before we come back out for the festival in a couple of weeks. Want to see how it goes? Come along for the ride in Ken's Think Tank. Ken's Think Tank is made possible by the following sponsors. 505 Motorsports in Farmington is awesome. They sell vehicles of all makes and models, as well as four-wheelers, motorcycles, boats, RVs, and more. They even offer in-house financing and co-signment. If you want your vehicle to shine like a diamond inside and out, it doesn't get any better than Blue Diamond Auto Spa. From a quick and easy wash and go to a full detail, they're the best in Farmington. Give your vehicle a day at the spa. We just picked you up from the still where you work, right? I, I do there. Uh, I do work there. I'm, uh, I'm the wine manager, uh, the wine guy. Yeah, everyone and, knows you as the wine guy. And uh, I'm not a sommelier. I've never taken formal training. Okay, that was going to be a question I was going to ask. So I, I have a, I have a difficulty pronouncing that word. So sommelier. 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 Okay. I have taught several sommeliers that uh, right. uh, from from the Farmington area that, that kind of got hooked into wine the same way I did by popping one cork at a time and, yeah. and uh, learning how to read a wine label and trying to figure out what's inside that wine by reading the wine label. So and, uh, what does it mean to be a sommelier? Uh, sommelier, the title is uh, um, uh, one who is wine knowledgeable, one who has gone through uh, 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 several courses, classes, teaching uh, history of wine, Okay. Uh, why certain wines taste the way they do, how wine is made. Every sommelier knows how wine is made. Knows different nuances on, on uh, uh, components used in making the wine. Right. Uh, uh, wood barrels, uh, stainless steel tanks that didn't okay. come in until after World War II. Um, so it's uh, kind of like a... A certification. Uh, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't think anybody that knows you <laughs> would argue that you're knowledgeable about wine. Well, you, we were just having a conversation. You went past geek level knowledge. You went into straight superhero knowledge <laughs> of the wine. Well, uh, I've always been fascinated. I look at wine as, uh, and this is the most important thing about my thought process in wine. 
Wine is geography in a bottle. Somewhere they grew grapes and they turned them into wine and through the, the, uh, the capitalistic way they ended up in Farmington, New Mexico and we can drink and enjoy them. Uh, here's the difference between uh, uh, old world wine, wine that's grown in Europe and Asia, and new world wine, wine that is grown in uh, uh, America, Australia, uh, and South America. Uh, old world wines are wines of place. Okay. Uh, Burgundy is a place. Bordeaux right. is a place. Chianti in Italy, it's a it's a little village. Uh, Rioja in Spain, that's a, a almost a province, a, 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 almost a state area as well. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, Porto in in Portugal, uh, Jerez. These are distinct wines of character due to where they were made and the grapes that were grown there. Okay. Uh, New World wines are wines of grape. We drink uh, uh, California Zinfandels. We drink Oregon Pinot Noirs. Right. We drink Australian Shiraz. We drink uh, Argentinian Malbec. These are all, all grapes uh, that came generally, well, from the old world, old, right. old country, uh, that flourished best in that particular area for one reason or another. Okay. Now, are you, are you from here? From? Uh, yeah, I was born in, uh, born in Farmington in really? uh, 1956, the coldest day New Mexico has ever seen. Really? Uh, the, uh, the night of uh, December 13th, 1956. It was 56 degrees below zero in uh, Ceniza outside Gallup, oh and uh, I was born on the 14th of December. Wow! Now, Doctor. did you did you stay here, or did you? Uh, I am um, kind of move around. Uh, I spent uh, the first three three grades uh, at uh, Sacred Heart uh, Catholic School here okay. in Farmington. Uh, learned a lot about the hierarchy of the of the church, and uh, a little bit of the history of the church, and that uh, dovetails into the history of wine. Yeah. In the um, uh, not only are farmers fastidious record keepers, uh, clerics are fastidious yeah. record keepers. Right. And uh, they have the knowledge. They had the secret of the yeasty beasties, is what I call it. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't know it was a, 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 a yeast per se, but they knew that if they picked the grapes, something is going to transform these uh, 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 sugars in the grapes into this uh, elixir of the gods, this this right. alcohol. Right. And. Uh, uh, what they're actually doing when they're making fine wine is they're using, they're creating the alcohol to act as the preservatives of the flavonoids of the grape. Right. They want to capture the flavor of the grapes in the wine that they're making. Right. Way to go, winemakers. <laughs> Way to go. 
and uh, uh, the church had the secret of the yeasty beasties for a long time, and they really didn't want to share it to anybody. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until, oh, the, oh, I'm going to say 1400s, uh, 1300s, I'm not quite sure on the date, that uh, a Moorish chemist in, in uh, uh, Spain, who was an alchemista, he was an alchemist, right? and he figured out that if you would distill this, this wine, you can concentrate the alcohol, you can extract the alcohol from the wine, and then you now have distillate product. Okay. You have your, your uh, brandy. Right. Uh, brandy is wine that has been distilled. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, vodka is a uh, uh, beer that has been distilled. Okay. And then whiskey is that distilled vodka, uh, neutral grain spirits is what they would call it. Right. That has been aged in a, in a, in a wooden barrel, in a uh, predominantly oak barrel. Right. Um using oak because of, of, uh, of the quality of the grain in the wood. The oak is grown pretty much everywhere in the known world. Right. Uh, and it's a good hard wood. And when you can steam it, you can shape it, and you can, and you can turn it into barrels. Right. You need the barrels to hold the liquid content of whatever the liquid is. Right. Whether it be water. I don't know why they're going to be drinking water. There's too much bacteria. <laughs> right. Uh, in wine, there is wisdom. In beer, there is freedom. In water, there is bacteria. <laughs> uh, so what is probably the, the most misunderstood thing about wine? The good wine has to be expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um... cost pretty much the same to make a a fine bottle of wine uh, maybe that would cost around uh, uh, forty dollars on the wine show okay uh, the difference between that forty dollar bottle of wine and um, uh, Chateau Margot which goes for Six hundred dollars a bottle, or uh, Domini Romani Conti that goes for twenty six hundred dollars a bottle is uh, supply and demand. Right. So, does part of that probably have to do with, say, the reputation and the and the the, the notoriety of the of the Romani Conti right. versus okay. the Lotesh? A little more acreage in the test. There's about uh, 32 acres, 60 hectares. They right. Measure differently. Uh, so there is a little more of a supply, and now that it's owned by the same people, uh, it's uh, uh, marketed uh, sure. uh, differently. Now, that, that goes to say that the Pinot Noir is, is probably the most uh, expensive grape to grow. Uh, it grows well in cool uh, climates. 
grows very well in Oregon, very well along the uh, uh, the maritime influence of California, the the coastal areas of California where they get uh, uh, maritime winds. The uh, moisture comes in off the off the ocean in the evening time. Okay. And uh, it it lays down as either a fog or a or a mist. Uh, the sun comes up and it heats the the ground, and uh, as it heats the ground, the the it warms the air and the warm air rises. And about two o'clock in the afternoon, as the the warmer air is rising up off the land, the cooler air is coming in off the ocean uh, to replace that warm air that is rising. Okay. So uh, when you go visit the wines of uh, Santa Barbara County, and when you go play the the sideways movie game <laughs> then uh, take a sweater because around two o'clock in the afternoon it's going to start getting chilly and about four o'clock you're going to wish you had that sweater <laughs> and uh, then you can go to the hitching post and have your happy hour now i was going to say so I, i'm a whiskey guy and um and <laughs> So pretty much all of my wine knowledge comes from the movie Sideways. <laughs> but I think, I don't know how true any of it was, but I think uh, somewhere in there was mentioned that like a Pinot is, is more delicate, more temperamental, harder to grow. Oh, yes, to get yes. Right than say like a Merlot grape. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When we watch the movie Sideways, uh, I did. Uh, I watched it in a theater. I, I snuck in a bottle of, uh, of uh, Richard Sanford's uh, Pinot Noir from uh, his uh, Rinconita vineyard, and uh, uh, I chose that one because um, it had a, a, a screw cap. Yeah. It's a, a forty-dollar bottle of wine with a screw cap. Nice. That I could smuggle into a, a movie theater. <laughs> And open without creating a loud noise. Right. <laughs> this was something we were chatting about earlier, is is that, of course, in, in America, California wines probably have the most notoriety, right? Uh, they do. For uh, uh, consistently consistent climate and consistent soil. Um, okay. But... Uh, wine growing in New Mexico is actually older than wine growing in California. Oh yes, yes. And uh, uh, again, we go back to the we go back to the, the Catholic Church the, uh, and uh, uh, in their settlement of uh, New Mexico in the uh, uh, late 1500s, early 1600s, uh, they established their uh, string of missions up and down the the Rio Grande. Uh, some of them uh, uh, associated with uh, Indian pueblos that had uh, irrigation. Some were just uh, 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 places that were granted uh, communal town uh, land grants, uh, such as Socorro. And uh, the mission system was set up along the way, all the way up through uh, San Luis Valley, uh, San Luis Valley in, in, in uh, Colorado. Now, each of the missions had a, a, a priest or a brother and, and who would, who would uh, say Mass on a daily basis, and they needed the sacramental wine. And, uh, but the wine that they used in the Mass had to be consecrated by the bishop, and the nearest bishop in, 
and Santa Fe at the time was in Durango, Mexico, which is some 500 miles away, 600 miles away. And they didn't uh, have sports cars back uh, then. So. Yeah, didn't have that regular uh, <laughs> uh, 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 ICX truck or, uh, 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 yeah, that, that yeah. convenient... Uh, UPS delivery. <laughs> right. uh, the wagon trains came up uh, once a year, maybe twice a year, if things were good, and uh, uh, they would bring the wine. But in uh, 1633, down near Las Cruces, in the Ubas Mountains, Ubas being grapes uh, in Spanish, uh, they found grapes, and, and uh, the friars, the Franciscan friars, they were... Uh, making their own wine and they were blending it in with the consecrated wine uh, kind of like a, 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 a sacramental wine helper uh, so to get them through the through the, the, the seasons. It was still technically legal. Yeah, well yes it, the wine was consecrated <laughs> right? by the bishops and so that's their feel-good way of, of, of doing what they were doing. Sure. It wasn't until 1776 when uh, uh, King Carlos V uh, set out some reformations of the New World, and uh, included in that ref reformation of, of uh, 1774, uh, it did take a while to for the news to get to the New World. Right. Uh, they allowed uh, 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 the priests to bless the wine so that uh, they didn't need this uh, the, okay. the bishop consecration, and uh, uh, by that time. Uh, they also had a bishop in Santa Fe, so the bishop could also uh, uh, would would perform the duties. But okay. for the outlying missions, uh, uh, the priests could do it, could do their thing. Yes. Now, in this Reformation of 1774, uh, the king sent uh, a letter and a, a new title, uh, a viceroy. And they gave the, this uh, young man named Dianza the, the title of Viceroy of, uh, of uh, Northern uh, New Spain. That included uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Arizona, and California, and, and Texas. And uh, when the letter came to Santa Fe, the governor read the letter and the reformations and uh, part of the letter said that uh, he was the governor of New Mexico was to send out uh, expeditions to find California uh, they knew it was there but they needed to to fill in the gaps right now in the manifest of these uh, journeys jornadas the uh, uh, they were required to take certain things from New Mexico that would help in the in the the founding of, of the workings of California, uh, and and included in the manifest was uh, uvas, uvas being grapes uh, or grape vines. So these uh, vines that the, the 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 friars grew up around the missions from the uh, 1600s, a good hundred years of, of viticulture in New Mexico. Uh, was being transported to California, where they they did meet up with Uno Pero Serra in the mission of San Gabriel in Southern California, near what would 
today be Orange County or Disneyland. Okay. And then, so, uh, the grapevines that, uh, that were brought over from this expedition, some of which came up through Mexico, some of which came from New Mexico, uh, were cultivated in California, where they became the mission grape of California. Okay. The grape industry, wine industry in California started with grapevines that were cultivated here in New Mexico. Nice. We're actually on the way to Wines of the San Juan. Well, so they are a very nearby winery, and they're yeah. they're they're wine guys. Yeah. And uh, uh, there are two types of people in the wine business. There are wine guys, people who want to make great wine and enjoy it with their friends, and they're money guys. Right. Uh, money. Yeah. We like the wine guys. Yeah. Because they're the creative process. Right. That's not to say that you gotta. You know, you you can't ignore the money guys because yeah, you gotta make a profit. You gotta you gotta pay the bills. Sure. Uh, and uh, that's what I really enjoy about the the, the wines of the San Juan is uh, uh, they started uh, bottling wine as they were uh, uh, growing their own grapes, and uh, one of the wines that they were making was uh, a Gewurztraminer. Right. And that's the name of the grape, so that's the name of the wine they were making. Right. But uh, it's kind of a hard word to pronounce and remember. So right. they changed the name of the wine to Girls Are Meaner. Right. Now, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> Girls are sugar and spice and everything nice. <laughs> but it made it easier to sell the wine. Yes. And his sells tenfold. Right. Just by changing the name of the, of the, of the wine. Exactly. Now, as the wine sold, and he's producing his other wines, the, 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 the Blue Winged Olive, which is a Riesling, and the Sweet Generose, which is a, a red blend, uh, uh, those are the wines that, that, that they develop uh, to uh, uh, satisfy the marketplace of northwest New Mexico. Right. I've been, in my entire career, Last uh, what forty years of of, of um, selling wine, tasting wine, drinking wine, uh, teaching them the difference between uh, a sweet wine and a fine wine, and 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 uh, why I why I use uh, white Zinfandel and rosés are the bridge between the sweet wines to the fruity wines. And then once you get to the fruity wines, then you get to the balanced wines and, and the drier wines. And why, uh, when these wines are in balance, they are magical and mystical across the palate and the uh, euphoric feel of the alcohol uh, a half a glass later. <laughs> um, wine is magical and mystical. Wine is scientific. Uh, wine is commercial but uh, once again uh, uh, more important wine is geography in the bottle that's right. best shared with your friends right. right that's perfect now you mentioned um, 
Oh, here we are. You mentioned the the age of wine as well. Um, oh. So again, like a whiskey guy, I know that once whiskey is bottled, it's it's that it doesn't ever change. Once it's bottled, it's once just, it's bottled, it's, it's bottled. Just it's bottled not going to and it's yeah. whiskey, so you can't age it in the bottle. No, but that's not necessarily true for wine. Wine continues to age. Is that, is well, that wine still transforms in the in in the in the, in the bottle? Right. Uh, more times than not, any um, uh, particles of sediment will continue to to drop out uh, to the to the to the edge and. And so then the, the, the taste continues to change. The taste matures, is what okay. we call it, uh, into a, uh, uh, a more earthy, clay uh, character. Taste and character. As long as it's not been opened. As long as it's not been opened. <laughs> when it's been opened, uh, it, it's still a, technically a, a living, uh, a living creature. Uh, the wine is. Yeah. Uh, until you open that, pop that cork, and then it, it dies. And it's, uh, we have to do our best to uh, uh, drink it before it Drink dies. it before it dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's what we like to do. All right. There you yeah. go. We had a, a car show here yesterday, Wines of the San Juan. So uh, we do have uh, lots of different events to uh, augment their wine production so they have a, a fall festival coming up oh their harvest festival yes that uh, that's pretty popular around here it's a big big festival so um, we'll probably end up showing what this what this countryside looks like yeah um, in the video here so that people can see but this whole thing transforms into several bars full of wine and artisans and crafts and stuff and activities and all kinds of stuff going on around here. So if somebody were interested in wine and are knowing more about wine, um, they can of course always come talk to you. You're fully willing to talk to people I'm about wine. willing to talk and <laughs> right? I occasionally uh, teach wine classes at Distill. Right. Uh, I, I, we haven't planned the fall schedule, but... Uh, It'll usually be on a Monday. Yeah. Or easier days. And Distill uh, is is uh, on the east side of town. Just as you're going out of town, there's M Moose and yeah, in the uh, Ma Ma Bay. Right. Uh, I guess so, that's a little fashion yeah, square. Yeah, little little um, and, uh, shopping center in there. So yeah, uh, Distill, uh, it's, uh, East Main, Farmington, New Mexico. Right. I'd give you the phone number, but I don't know. I never call him. Just... <laughs> you can just ask but, Siri. <laughs> yeah, ask Siri. Yeah. So they can always come talk. But, but further than that, we've been doing a lot of talking about wine, but you're pretty knowledgeable in a lot of different types of alcohols and whatnot. Well, so, yeah. Uh, we work. You've got to know your product. Yeah, you yeah. You work in a liquor store, you got to know your product. <laughs> right. <laughs> you drink. Uh, and at that end of the hard day, well, let me... Let me uh, one of the first things that I learned about wine, uh, I worked at a winery and, and my first wine job was in 1979, working in a winery in, in Albuquerque. And uh, one of the first things I learned is it takes a lot of good beer to make great wine. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, the winemaker at Gunlock Bunch who 
California, Lance Cutler, who uh, reminded me of this many, many, many days. And uh, making wine is hard work. Yeah. Uh, drinking wine, that's the easy part. Yeah. Uh, drinking and driving, that's the stupid part. Exactly. Right. So uh, we should end with that. Yeah. Go in and visit with the Arnolds. Let's do it. I love Arnold. these guys. All right. So, all right. Well, good for the chat, man. Right. Thanks. We're not going to break out into song. <laughs> Don't have dancing girls in the back. You can do that while you drive. <laughs> Multitasking. Ken's Think Tank is a web series talk show recorded in video format and converted to audio for this podcast. Find all video and audio episodes at kensthinktank.com. I know who you are. I know what you want. If you're looking for print and radio ads, I can tell you that's not what I do. But I do have a particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a godsend for business owners like you. If you hire Ken Collins Marketing to build your website, people who look for you online will be able to find you. But if you don't, they will look for you. They won't find you. And you'll go out of business. KenCollinsMarketing.com